What's up, guys? It's Miki, and welcome back to another episode of Blink Canvas. I know my voice sounds a little raspy this morning, but I kind of like it. And usually when people hear my voice raspy, they like it too. So we're just going to roll with it and get this episode recorded. I'm giving y'all back-to-back episodes. Well, I'm recording back-to-back episodes, but they'll premiere separately. How is my BK fam doing? I hope you guys are doing well and amazing. I miss you guys. I love you guys. I just want to shout out all the many different countries we're continuing to add. Again, too many to name, but yay, the BK fam is growing. That makes me really excited, and I am just so grateful for anyone who listens, anyone who takes the time to share, even if you don't join me for another episode, that one episode, I hope it blessed you in some form. I hope you feel seen, heard, and a little more understood after you are a part of the BK fam. And for my ride or dies, my day ones, my maybe your day 25, but you're still my ride or die. Thank you guys. I love you guys. I see you guys. And I'm so excited for us to continue growing and just see what God does with this podcast. And again, the goal is to feel a little more seen, heard, loved, and understood. So I was reading the scripture and you know how often I will say it rains on the just and unjust, right? And that just basically means that good is going to happen to people who quote unquote deserve it and people who quote unquote don't deserve it. But to be honest, we all have experiences of being evil, mean, rude, or just doing deeds and different things that aren't always the greatest, the best, or beneficial to ourselves and or others. So I I use quotation marks to say good or bad, you know what I mean? Because all of us have really been on either side of the coin and it's just our choice every day to choose which one we're going to choose like choosing to live out our lives with the holy spirit or the flesh i mean we get a choice thank god we serve a god who gives us a choice and there are so many human beings in our lives that don't give us a choice there are so many different life stances that don't give us a choice and our hands are kind of forced in the different situations different relationships and just different experiences but the most impactful And um, the most rewarding relationship and experience you will ever have in this life, if you choose to believe in him, is the one with Jesus himself. Um, And it's just... It's, it's a beautiful thing that he gives us a choice. So that was my point in that. But while I was reading my Bible this morning, I was in Matthew. And I saw the scripture. My Bible is the chicken suit for the soul Bible. So it's broken down. And I like how they have little headings and stuff. So if I'm looking for something really quickly, the heading will be like, oh, this is kind of the direction that I'm looking towards. And then I can read the actual scripture. So the heading over this one is teaching about love for enemies. And this is Matthew verse 43. And I'm going to read through verse 48. And it says... You have heard that the law of Moses says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and unjust too. If you love only those who love you, 
What good is that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. So I just want to break a couple of things down from these few verses that stuck out to me. You know, I was saying how I always say it rains on the just and unjust, but there is a whole little line that comes before that, that I realize that I know I don't mention. And honestly, I don't really hear other people mention it. It's like we instantly go to the bad, but right before that, pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and good. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and good. And I wanted to pause right there because I usually only tell you guys about the part and he sends rain on the just and unjust, like talking about it from a negative context, not trying to make God seem like a negative person, not trying to make him seem like he's so big and bad and he only like, if you mess up, he's going to strictly punish you. No, 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 no. Then he wouldn't have the opportunity to bless us with his grace and mercy, right? He blesses us with those things daily, even though we might not realize it, even though we might not um appreciate it. God blesses us with those things daily. But what really stuck out to me when I was reading it this morning is how come nobody really emphasizes for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and good, for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and good. And he says that before even the rain on the just and unjust. And it, what I interpreted from this was share both, right? Share both perspectives. Because yes, it rains on the just and unjust. And that again, that is my go-to. But the fact that he gives his sunlight to both evil and good meaning he will bless us whether we deserve it or not. And that is a type of love. That is a blessing within itself. That is one that I think all of us have either taken for granted at some point in our life, or maybe we struggle with taking it for granted daily, right? Because he is such a good loving father that he not only blesses the children that believe in him, he blesses the children that don't believe in him the children that may curse his name. And I know for some super religious people, they're like, but God would never. But the way that I view God and the way that I interpret God to be from my own personal relationship, it does not matter. He loves us all. He will bless us all. He keeps an even playing field for all his children, whether we believe in him or not. Now, again, I'm not super like, religious or know every single thing about it. So feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, But when it comes to getting into heaven, that's a slightly different story, right? Now, whether you choose to believe, because why why even let you in a place that you don't even believe in? Like you don't even believe in it to get in it. So that's like a whole different story. But will God bless you whether you believe in him or not? I believe that he will. And I think that it's very impactful in the way that the scriptures were written out and worded. And I know there are going to be some people be like, some man wrote it and put it that way and blah, blah, blah. Well, thank God for the person who took the time to translate the Bible in multiple different languages so we can understand. Thank God for the person and the people who take the time to whichever way they decided to put it in the Bible, whether it was accidental or not, took the time to word it that way. 
because it just impacted me so differently. Like God starts with love. God is love before he even gets to the form of punishment or to put us in positions of repentance. He wants us to get it right. He knows we'll mess up, but he prays and hopes we'll get it right the first time. And even before he gets to the path of, you know, there are different stories in the Bible that have wrath and um, his anger, or they talk about he is a jealous God, don't serve other gods and different things. He starts off with love first, because even in those stories before the flooding, before um, letting certain armies come invade different times and everything, he gives warnings through his prophets, through his uh, disciples, through people who listen, who listen to him. He gives warning after warning after warning. And I think sometimes people paint God as like this big bad God who's out here just trying to dominate step on our necks and crush us but he is such a like gentle loving giant in so many ways he just the way that he loves us he just wants to be loved back and it's not that he needs our love back but I'm sure that love us loving him makes him feel good like love was created as this beautiful magical I can't even describe what love is because love is so many different things and so many different seasons to so many different people but overall love has a positive context love is powerful love is healing love is wisdom. Love is forgiveness. Love is grace. Love is mercy. Love is so many different things. And it just made me think that, and I know that because it rains on the just and unjust, it's like ingrained in my brain that I'll still probably go to that first and, until I just like unlearn the habit. But how wonderful that we serve a God that he started out with love. And this is just the way that it's written in the scripture. There are chapters after chapters, stories after stories, warnings after warnings where God is like, I love you, my child, get it together. I love you, my people, get it together. Whether you are Jewish or Gentile, I accept any and everybody. My greatest commandment is love. Like not only love me as your only God, but love each other. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then if you don't love yourself, it's hard to love your neighbor. That's like a whole different thing. But how great that we serve a God where he starts out with love. He gives us chance and chance again. And that's love within itself. And bear in mind, God has given us chance after chance. And I say that's love within itself, but that's not an excuse to say in something toxic. That's not an excuse to accept bad behavior from people. Are there times when you have to show them grace? Absolutely. Because there are times where we need grace extended to us, where we need forgiveness extended to us. But God is not up here trying to repeatedly hurt us. And we also don't have the same kind of capacity to respond to God. It doesn't matter how many times we curse his name, how many times we walk away from him. God has the capacity and ability to still love us without judgment, to love us without retaliation, to love us without, you know, trying to harm us to get us back in certain ways. The reason that you have to be careful um, about continuously allowing bad behavior from human beings is we don't have that same kind of capacity. We don't have that same level of empathy and love. And I think, you know, there are others who are better that better at it than me and other people in general, but even those people have their breaking points. We don't have God's full capacity to imagine we get it. We get hurt from one person and we're like, oh, bet, got you got you. God is hurt by us daily. Every time we mess up because no sin is greater. Like 
people think, oh my God, at least I'm not a murderer. You know, oh my God, at least I didn't cheat. Oh my God, at least my lie was a little white lie. Like all sins are equal, right? So that little white lie is just as bad as in his eyes as if you just literally went on a rampage and killed 34 people because he does this on purpose so that we know that neither one of us are greater than the other and to help us have some empathy and compassion and forgiveness for each other. And again, forgiveness ain't easy. I think all of us can know and understand that forgiveness is not easy, but it's definitely a necessity. Wow, guys, so you can't make this up. I literally was in the middle of recording the episode for you guys. I'm talking about our next segment, and the Wi-Fi goes out. The Wi-Fi goes out in the middle of recording, and I lost everything that was so good in my last section. But that's okay, because we're on mobile hotspot, and you guys are going to get this goodness. I think maybe the devil just wanted me to stop talking about God and what I was talking about, but he'll be all right. There are backup options, and if this fails, we'll go to the app, okay? So here we go. What I was saying was, is I wanted to talk to you guys about some lessons that I've learned in this specific time period in my life, and I had mentioned earlier that, you know, this is one-sided. It's just my side. It's just my perspective, so remember to take that into consideration, and everybody views the situations differently. Everybody, you know, had different lived experiences, and I respect the way that they view it and the way that they saw it, whether I agree or not, that's a that's just like an agree to disagree moment. But they are allowed and entitled to feel how they feel. Also, I mentioned that um, these episodes, I kind of have them and you guys can kind of tell like what I've been going through somewhat. But remember, it's only in pieces. Uh, it's only in parts. There's I'm still really reclusive and introverted. And I try to share enough without sharing too much because even though there are some people that connect to vulnerability, there are also vultures out there and it may come off as uh, not as empathetic to certain people and different things. And yes, it's my right, but the way I respond and the way I choose to handle it is on me. I have to be accountable for that. So jumping back into what we were just talking about, um, I was saying that a current lesson that I have experienced in this recent season is please be careful with your words. Please be careful with your words. You can, if you don't know how to have a conversation when you're upset, take a pause. There is power in the pause. If you have to be uh, vicious and uh, very malicious with your words like somebody hurt you and so you're like bet got it I'm gonna cut you and I'm gonna leave you with no soul don't do it if you can't help it take a beat before responding and literally the part that it cut off on was something that I heard T.D. Jake say and it reminded me of it and he said speak without being offensive listen without being defensive Leave your opponent with their dignity. And I know a lot of people are thinking like, why would I leave my opponent with my dignity? Because vengeance isn't ours. And after 
I'm we've seen it. We probably have personally experienced after you go solo, like two people or however many people are involved in the situation, go low after low, low blow, low blow, low blow. You're thinking like, I'm more hurt. I'm not feeling better. We're not getting to a resolution. And now hate is festering in my heart. Now judgment is festering in my heart. Now resentment is festering in my heart. And I'm not saying that it's not hard to choose to not end their shit when you have the power to end their shit. You just have to have restraint. That is one of the biggest tests we'll probably have as human beings is when we have the power to destroy someone, yet we choose restraint, right? That's one, I think it's a test that all of us will face in different seasons, in different avenues. And the test may not look exactly the same. The questions, the details may be changed around, but the ultimate goal of the test is to see when we have the power to destroy, when we have the power to continue to hurt, will we choose to go low or go high? Will we choose love or will we choose offense? Will we choose forgiveness or will we choose offense, right? Will we justify our harmful reactions and behaviors because of what they did to us? And I'm not saying that I haven't had moments of being like, you know what? I could end you and I would be justified in doing it. Like I convinced myself that I'll be justified, right? Even though technically, I know I'm not. I can easily convince myself. I know I'll be justified because you did dot, 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 and dot. But I have to remember that what if God did that to me? What if other people who took the time to show me love and extend grace and forgiveness did that to me? And whether it's coming from the people who have extended grace and love or not, I still have to pay it for it because I want that to come back to me. Like I want people to extend love and grace to me in seasons where I may have been ugly and moments where I may have been ugly, but nobody talks about how hard it is. And one of the biggest, I want to talk about you, but one of the biggest lessons that I've learned this specific season is you can apologize all day long. You can be accountable for your actions, but after you say those words, you can't take them back and you don't get to decide how long it sticks with a person and you selfishly unload on people, whether it's for a little bit or it's a whole consistent back-to-back day after day, right? Kind of thing. You can apologize. You can hold yourself accountable. They can even forgive you, but you don't get to decide how they respond moving forward. You selfishly unload your venom, right? Cause this hurt with your words. And then you selfishly leave the person to have to pick up the pieces. Just because you say sorry doesn't always fix it. And you may be doing your part by being held accountable for your actions, which good, you should be. You know, it's more than one moving um, pieces in this little puzzle, right? But at the same time, the person has received your apology, but now they have to do the work to heal the scars that you put there because of your pain, because of you don't know how to control your reactions, because you tend to go the ugly route versus choosing a loving route. And it's not to say that we always are going to choose love. We're human. We're going to mess up. We're not always going to choose love. But at the same time, it's like, wow, I'm hurt. So you're going to hurt. 
I'm suffering, so you're going to suffering. Or I did it by accident. I'm apologizing. I'm, I want to be accountable for my actions. <sighs> but regardless, I still caused you pain. And now you have to deal with what I said, whether it was intentional or not. And so if I can say anything to my BK fam, let's be intentional with our words. Okay. Let's be really intentional. A scripture that came to mind, and you know, I usually like the the NLT translation, but this is the AMP, the Amplified version. And the way that they say this scripture is beautiful. It's Proverbs 1821. They said, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. And I think that translation is probably one of the best translations of that scripture. And I think we all should just keep that into consideration. The second lesson that I have learned in this season is people value money contributions over everything. And that's not to say everybody, you know, when you're well to do, you don't really, it's kind of a luxury to not have to value money. It's like a a place of privilege to be in a place and it doesn't matter the race, but it's a, it's a privilege to be able to be like, I don't have to value money. I can focus on other things. I can do other things. And, um, what I have learned is, is when you can't contribute to bills, it will change the way that people look at you, the way that people value you. You'll start hearing different words. You will pay attention to, if I can tell you anything, Pay attention to the way people look at you when you can't contribute financially. Like you can see it in their face. Pay attention to the way they look at you. Pay attention to the comments that they say to your face or say out loud where you will hear it. Pay attention to those. Pay attention to their actions. Pay attention to the suggestions that they start giving you. Have you thought about doing this? Shouldn't you do this? Have you asked God about this? Pay attention to the way that they respond when you mention different things or just their body language, pay attention. What I have learned is it doesn't matter your title. They can be your parents. They can be your best friends. They can be your day ones, day ones. And when you can't contribute financially, pay attention to the way a person responds. Everybody's not like this, but I have definitely seen with my own eyes. It doesn't matter how close you are. It doesn't matter when bills come. Contributing in the other ways doesn't pay the bills contributing in the other ways doesn't put money in the pocket contributing in other ways doesn't um take the stress away from financial woes and you have to really look at the way people change up on you and they will and it's scary sometimes because in one season where they were speaking life you can quickly see how words instantly change to death in one season where it was nothing, you can quickly see how behavior shift. And one season where they look at you with eyes of love, you can quickly see the disgust in their face, in their eyes, in their tone, in their words. And it made me be even more aware of how I respond to people, especially when it comes financially. How am I when somebody can't contribute to me financially? Do I think they are less than of a person because they can't pay a bill? Do I think they are less than of a person because they may not be meeting societal standards? Do I think that their help is any less valuable in my life? 
Do I? These are serious questions to ask and to consider. Do I treat people differently when it comes to money? Because it's so easy to be kind to people when everybody got their own. It's so easy. But how do you treat somebody when they don't have it? How do you treat somebody when it's not a season of overflow? How do you make somebody feel? What words are you saying? What looks are you giving? What energy are you radiating off? These are all very valid questions. And the lesson that I have learned in this season is that even though a lot of people say they don't, life has shown me that people will value your monetary contributions over everything, over everything. And people will try to invalidate the other contributions because it ain't paying a bill, because it ain't helping. People will invalidate your pain or your perspective because it ain't paying a bill. And a lot of times the other pains can last longer than financial poverty. And I don't get me into poverty because y'all know I could do episode after episode of how poverty impacts people in their communities, how it increases the violence in neighborhoods and everything people go and they be like oh my god these people just want to act this way people don't want to do the things that they have to do a lot of times people don't want to do the violent things that they have to do a lot of times people get desperate and when you are in desperate situations you don't know what you will do and how you respond until you're put in those desperate situations people want to think like why are the wealthy neighborhoods have less police and all this kind of stuff adding more police to the poor neighborhoods doesn't help it doesn't help at all, okay? It just amplifies things because nine times out of 10, they're in the black and brown communities and they already don't like us. They already don't like us. They already get away with killing us just for fun. Killing us because they felt like it. They don't even have to say, I felt threatened. They use that lie, I felt threatened. If anything, if we can go off of, I feel threatened, every minority person, and I'm not, inciting violence or anything i'm not saying this i'm just being realistic if we can go off the simple basis of i feel threatened how the fuck do they think every minority person in this country feels when it comes to dealing with police officers police officers when it comes to dealing with different people so you can just feel their energy like oh you would have loved slavery oh you would have loved jim crow times right you missed your mark <laughs> you were born too early or too late like you missed your mark kind of thing how do they think we feel we can't go off to shooting them every time our life feels threatened we can't go off to shooting them and killing them every time we feel our life is in danger and nine times out of ten it is right so there's like a misuse of logic and again that's a whole nother episode those are my two lessons be careful with your words and your venom that come out of your mouth because even after you apologize and say I'm sorry and you're held accountable for your actions which is a good thing I'm not trying to be dismissive to that at all that's a great thing let's not underestimate that at all that's a great thing but the people still have to deal with the scars that you have left and my second lesson would be be careful how you treat people in low seasons be careful the words that you say the looks that you give because when you're back on the up and up and you're ready to be lovey-dovey the damage is done the damage is completely done. And I encourage all of us, and I'm including myself, to look at the ways people impact our lives that aren't financially, that don't have to do with money. Would you miss them in your life? Like as a person, not by what they can do for you. 
we say we don't want transactional relationships, but so many things that we start lashing out, being resentful, being ugly to people about are for transactional things, right? But we don't act like it when we get mad. And it's important to see how people respond to you in their low moments. And it's important to see what people truly value. So that when you're on the up and up again, you don't have to be ugly. You don't have to be ugly. You continue to bless them. You continue to be kind to them. You continue to be loving to them. But when you're in a low season again, you won't be surprised by their reactions this time. You won't be surprised by their words this time. You won't be surprised by their questions this time. You won't be surprised by their behaviors. You'll know how to move accordingly. This is the practice run. This is the test run with giving grace. I pray to exhibit fruits of the spirit in my God. The different situations that I've been put in make me want to live out my flesh every single freaking day. And it's hard to use the fruits of the spirit. I tell the Holy Spirit to activate all the time. Sometimes I just feel like he ain't moving a little fast enough. Sometimes I feel like I can handle it better if I just handle it out of my flesh. But then I have to pay the price for that. So third lesson, this is a freebie. This is a free gem, okay? Choose the Holy Spirit of the flesh. Even if it feels like he's taking longer, even if it feels like his impact isn't as impactful, trust, believe it is. All right. And if anybody is struggling with getting your basic needs met, uh, I have a scripture for you. And there's a couple, but this one is in Matthew as well. And he said, so I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food, drink and clothes. Doesn't life consist of more than food and clothing? Look at the birds. They don't need to plant or harvest or put any food in barns because your heavenly father feeds them and you are far more valuable to him than they are. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Of course not. And why worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers, that are here today and gone tomorrow. Won't he be more surely care for you? You have so little faith. So don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. Why be like the pagans who were so deeply concerned about these things? Your heavenly father already knows your needs and he will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And I know we all felt that. No matter what we're going through or experiencing, today's troubles is enough for today. The whole thing that I read was from Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34. And there are some other verses. You can literally Google verses about God providing. And I think it's one in Luke. I could be wrong, but I don't have it written down. And some other places. But again, that was Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34. So I hope that gives somebody some encouragement to keep going. Like God said, if I if I got the flowers, baby, <laughs> if the birds don't have to worry about how they get food, don't you think that I think so much more of you, so highly of you that I got you? And he does. He has us. And that comes from the faith and trusting and just letting him do his thing right? The next scripture that I thought about from Matthew was very important because when 
you can't contribute financially or to the level that people may need in the season. Some stuff is a need, you know, it's not just a want or that people may need or that they may want in this season. It does not minimize your impact, whether you are the CEO or the janitor, it does not minimize your impact. Whether you are the principal or the teacher, it does not minimize your impact. Whether you are the president or a lobbyist, it does not minimize your impact. This scripture is Matthew, I think it's 20. Let's double check. I don't want to lead you guys wrong. Okay. Yeah, this is Matthew chapter 20 verse 26 actually i'm going to start at 24 and it reads when the 10 other disciples heard what james and john had asked they were curious but jesus called them together and said you know that in this world kings are tyrants and officials lorded over the people beneath them but among you it should be quite different but among you it should be quite different Whoever wants to be the leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must become your slave. For even I, the son of man, came here not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. So I say that and I send that scripture as encouragement to anybody who may be struggling with, is is what I'm doing impactful enough? People don't think so. People don't make me feel it. People... And people are people, people are human, and people are freaking wish-washy. How many times I got to tell y'all, people are wish-washy. The same people that speak life into you would be the very same people speaking death into you the very next week, okay? You got to be careful. And that's why it's important who's in your ear, and that's why it's important who's in your inner circle. The people that you have to deal with on a daily basis, you better be wise in picking them. Even if they're not necessarily on a daily basis, but they have a huge impact in your life, you better be wise because people will make or break your life and people there's a quote that goes do they give you weight or do they give you wings and my god I've been around so many people that give you weight I'm sure I have felt like weight to other people but I thank god every day for the people that give me wings so evaluate the people in your life do they give you weight or do they give you wings? And I pray for all the ones that give you weight. You talk to God about how to give them grace, forgiveness, and how to handle them with healthy boundaries. And you go out and you spend more time with the people that give you wings versus weight because this life is short. And I can't imagine suffering my whole entire life and then dying tomorrow and being like, well, <laughs> this is it. And I spent most of my life like dealing with drama and chaos. This is it. I'll be damned. So those are my lessons that I've learned in this season. And again, shout out to the Wi-Fi for messing up. You may have messed up the first recording, but you didn't stop at all. That is what mobile hotspot is for. So thank God for that. I just want to say thank you to anybody who has contributed to my life in any kind of way. I've said it privately. I'll say it on a public platform. I try to give people their flowers while they are alive And so people don't get it twisted and get it confused that I'm not using them. So they know how they are appreciated and valued. Sometimes people need to hear it. So I'm making sure that I acknowledge it. I hope you guys can take away something from this episode. I hope you guys feel a little more seen, heard, and understood. I hope that these scriptures can bless you in some kind of way. 
remember my BK fam, no matter your position, your job title, no matter the thing or the task that you were doing, even if it's just giving a smile to somebody, you don't know how that will change that person's life forever. They could be having the worst day in their life, but the one person smiled at me and you gave me the strength to keep going. You never know. So let's be a little kinder with our words. Let's be kinder with each other and our actions, our words, and just everything. And remember that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Okay. And we will eat its fruit and bear its consequences. And I love you guys. And I can't wait to see what we talk about next time. All right, guys. Bye.